Hey guys, in today's episode, I am joined by the Disco Godfathers, otherwise known as DGF, an upcoming DJ duo from Toronto that you guys should have on your radar. Their eclectic and high-energy sound of dubstep, trap, rhythm, and bass house influences keep their fans guessing and excited for their next release. And no, they do not make disco. Today we chat about what it's like DJing frat parties, crazy show memories, adjusting to quarantine life, and hustling to make a name for yourself in the industry. So with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. What is going on, you guys? I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Thank you all for tuning in this week. We've got a fun episode. I've been sitting on this one for like three to four weeks, so it feels good to finally get this out. Thank you to DGF for being patient and waiting for this, but you guys, I am so excited to share this duo with you. I'm really excited about their music and... They're going to have an EP coming out very soon, so I just wanted to get in there and get to know these guys, talk to them, see where their head's at, what they've been doing during quarantine, and just catch up. And I don't think I've had a DJ duo on yet, so there's a first for everything, and they're from Toronto, which is amazing. They are as nice as you guys would think they are, so we kind of cover a little bit of everything today, and I'm going to get into that in just a second. But first off, I want to thank everybody here for listening. Thanks for clicking on this episode, you guys. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you could do all of the things, follow on Instagram and Twitter at Rave Culture Cast. Make this your Instagram stories today, you guys. Tag us in it. Uh, that is a huge help. And send a link to a friend today. Introduce somebody new to the podcast. We all need new stuff to binge listen to. So, you know, if you have any EM fans in your life, definitely send them a link. Um, and lastly, if you guys want to watch the episodes and watch the interviews, you can subscribe over on my YouTube channel, Emma Capotis, uh, for all that fun stuff. There's a whole Rave Culture cast playlist over there. Uh, and lastly, if you guys are on Apple Music, throw a couple stars, maybe write a review if you're feeling saucy. Love you guys for doing that. Um, we also have a Facebook group community, which we're almost at 300 members, guys. What the fuck? That is so exciting. So uh, if you guys just want to talk about all things EDM, music festivals, rave related, definitely come join the Facebook group community. All right, I'm going to get into my listener of the week. But first, I had my own personal shout out I wanted to do real quick. I got to shout out my girl Ryan at rbex23. Ryan has been an incredible supporter listener subscriber for a long time and we've gotten to know each other and now she is our first Facebook group admin you guys so huge shout out to Ryan she's been such a big help and I, I could not have picked a better person so if you guys see her popping up in the Facebook group say he hello to her um, really excited to have her help and have her as a friend so thank you so much Ryan for being um, such a big help with everything and being so supportive I really really appreciate it um, okay, and our listener of the week, you guys. So if you are unfamiliar, at the top of every episode, I like to shout out one of our listeners, and this is completely based on your nominations. So you guys can send an email to raveculturecast at gmail.com and nominate anybody in your life. It can be a listener to the podcast, um, a friend, family member, loved one, whatever, um, and just let me know why you want me to shout them out. So this one's coming from Tony. It says, Hey Emma, my girlfriend and I are big fans of the podcast. Keep up the great content. 
I would like to shout out my girlfriend's new rave business. She has been working really hard on her Etsy shop, making clip-in braid extensions for rave and festivals. Her Instagram and Twitter is at dubs, D-U-B-Z, Barbie, B-A-R-B-I-E-Z, dubs Barbies. The link for her shop will be in the bio. I'll link it, you guys. You know what? We'll do some free promo here. Why not? (laughs) I love to see you guys out there hustling and creating your own companies and things like that in the festival industry. So we'll we'll do some shout outs for now. Maybe later down the line, I'll have to limit those. But um, really incredible. Tony and your girlfriend, love it. Love what you're doing. Um, I went and checked out the page. So if you guys need any clip-in braid extensions, go check it out. Support small businesses. And thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast and being supportive. I really, really appreciate it. So that is our listener of the week, you guys. Um, And again, send in your submissions for that. I'm always looking for new listeners to shout out. All right, quickly, I'm going to introduce our guest today, and then we will roll right into this interview because we've got a lot to cover. So I first off wanted to thank one of our listeners, Damo, for hooking this up. He was incredible. He reached out to the Disco Godfathers on my behalf and was like, you should do this podcast interview. Um, And that's how we connected. And it really paid off. And this was such a fun conversation. And it was really, really nice to meet the guys. So thank you, Damo, for hooking this up. So what you guys should know before we get into things, the DGF guys are made up of two dudes, McBay and Culture, as they like to call themselves. They have a very cool sound. Like I mentioned, they kind of do a little bit of everything. Like they definitely have some more heavier songs that are like dubstep and then they've got some rhythm Um, and then some of the tracks that I really like are more like bass house trap sounding so it's very eclectic and like I mentioned they are working on an EP I know they're trying to finalize that so no date as of yet but I can't wait to see what they put into it and what it's going to sound like Um, so it definitely keeps their fans guessing that's for sure And like I mentioned, they do not make disco. Sorry to let anybody down. But uh, go stream their songs on Spotify. They're fucking fire. And today, to be honest with you guys, was just a very just laid back conversation. I really was just like getting to know them, like personally getting to know them as artists because we weren't as familiar with each other. And we literally talk about everything from like, you know, their humble beginnings of DJing frat parties in Canada, which I knew nothing about. So that was really funny. Um, to some of their crazy festival stories and things that that have happened behind the scenes. Um, And then, you know, they attribute uh, a lot to Florida because they were playing a lot of shows down there and were making a name for themselves. And, you know, we'll talk about it today, but obviously COVID hit and kind of threw the wrench in everybody's plans and they had to go back home and the border is obviously closed. So they've been in Canada, uh, obviously with no shows or touring going on right now. So we're going to talk about all that and like, adjusting to life without shows um and how it's given them time to work on music and do other things so yeah we're going to discuss all of that and tons of fun things along the way dream festivals they want to play collaborations what it's like working with other artists so that's you know a very big overview of all of the topics that we're going to stumble into today so Like I said, very excited to get this out. I think we recorded this almost a month ago at this point. Um, So again, thank you, DGF, for being so patient and waiting for this. Guys, go follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Disco Godfathers. And again, stay tuned for their EP dropping very soon. I believe their first, or not their first, but their next single is going to be released on September 19th. So go stream their music, follow them on Spotify, and without further ado... Let's introduce the guys of Disco Godfathers to the podcast. Hey, how are you? 
I'm Yo, what's good. up? I'm so excited you guys are here. I want to thank Dominic for hooking this up. Yes, straight up. <laughs> yeah, Dom- thank you. Thank you. Domo. He goes by, we know him by Domo. Domo. He calls yeah. himself Domo. He's the man. He's yes. The man. He's the yeah, man. He's awesome. He reached out to me and was like, said the nicest things about you guys and your music. And I was like, okay, 100%, we got to do this. That's amazing. He yeah. is Huge the best. Huge Domo, definitely. Yeah, well, thank yeah, you yeah. for having us. We're super stoked to be here as well. Very excited to talk to you guys about music and a few other things. I've been uh, awesome. doing my research on you guys. <laughs> exciting, exciting. We're excited awesome, to see what awesome. you, uh, what you your, uh, research came out to. Yeah, totally random. But I saw you guys were at EDC Orlando and you were at the um, the Level Up Lounge. We were, yes. How was that experience? It was uh, it was pretty sweet, actually. We were playing at the Level Up Lounge with uh, it was a lunchbox thing as well. So there was the, mm-hmm. the, the, the two of them were there, and um, it was that was our first time at a at a festival like that. It was actually at home base, so mm-hmm. um, and that is a crazy experience because we don't yeah. have resorts in Canada. We can't ex- like there's nothing like that. It's just your typical you know open. Got it. Or, you know, community center type uh, type setup. But, uh, right, right, right. But yeah, so that was actually amazing. We got that set up um, just super, super last minute. Um, and then uh, we pulled up and yeah, it was it was just perfect timing, I guess, because the shuffles were leaving for EDC. Mm. Uh, so it was getting a little bit busier and busier and we started to right. actually play some originals and stuff. And oh, that's yeah, so we got cool. some pretty good reactions just from people kind of walking through. So it was- Yeah, uh, home base is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, home base is nuts. When I was, I never seen. Honestly, in Canada, we do not have that crazy mm-hmm. of a scene. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like I, I, it was truly eye opening to see like what was going on down there. For me personally, I was like, "What? Yeah, this is sick." <laughs> Prime weekend, EDC Orlando weekend. So it was like there's uh-huh. everywhere there. Like, yep, yep. You could say the whole scene was there. It was the largest EDC Orlando they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was my, that was my first CD storyline. I wish I had stayed at home base. I think the whole concept of it is so interesting. Like, I definitely want to do an episode on that. But definitely. it is like mm-hmm. combined with Florida, and then you have the EDC like energy. I I went and stopped by there just to get some like footage of it, and I wish I stayed there because everybody there is going to the festival. Like, you have the pool parties, the after parties. It's all in one place, and then they shuttle you to the festival. So it's like the best of both worlds. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Seriously, yeah. we'd, we'd love to just go back and actually like attend the festival. We didn't have enough time to, to attend it because we were staying in uh, in Orlando and had a show okay. that night as well. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, we quick swung home after that and uh, prepared for our show that night. But Got it. yeah, we didn't get a chance to even step on the festival grounds for EDC Orlando. Uh, wow, okay. It was it was a really whirlwind of a trip. We actually drove down to, to Florida. Oh my God. And we left on like the Friday that EDC started. So like a couple of our buddies were playing at Corona Electric Beach and we were trying to make it like that night and it just had like, we ended up leaving at like 5 PM. Oh, wow. That's a 24 hour drive. So yeah. we didn't really get there until 5 PM. And then when, by the time we got there, it was like, we need to, we need to sleep. Mm-hmm. So we, we missed out on the whole Friday. Yeah. We need to sleep. That's <laughs> the thing, right? Yeah, seriously. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a cool an adventure. Experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So let me back. I just had to ask you about that. Cause I was like, that's so awesome. But um. Yeah. Just to kick things off, I would love it if you guys could just introduce yourselves, um, where you're from, what you do, and then how long you've been involved in the dance music community. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll do it separately. I'll go yeah, first. Yeah, you go first, yeah. bro. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> My name is Brandon. Um, I go by McVeigh, part of the Disco Godfathers. Um, we've, uh, we've been uh, a, duo, or a duo together now for about a year. Uh, a little bit of history behind UGF. We were actually a trio for our first two years. Yep. Um, and uh, we had um, our third man. Um, we just decided to part ways last year in August, so coming up on about a year. And um, other than that, we've been producing together, just the two of us, even before Disco Godfathers, um, okay. just kind of making collaborative projects like McBay and Culture. 
Um, and then we started playing a lot of shows, frat parties and stuff like that. Mm. And um, that's when we started to realize, like, instead of just doing all these back-to-backs, we should just, you know, start to create something. And that right, was at the right. time when there was when there was three of us. So we kind of took our route more so on YouTube because we didn't really produce music at the time. Uh, okay. We're talking like 2016, 20, yeah, like 2016 now. Okay. And yeah, we didn't really produce much music. So we just kind of started vlogging our shows at frat parties at some of the bars that we got. And then we started throwing our own shows with some of the local DJs that we have in the area here. Nice. And then we kind of just created content that way. And when we came to, you know, our crossroads with, uh, with our third member, uh, that's when we kind of decided to take producing more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, we took like six months and kind of went full blackout started a rebrand and just started stacking up tunes and that was about a year ago so that's where we're at now but i've been raving since 2013 my first show is sweet shows mafia i I was super nice yeah Um, i caught them on their last tour and yeah i've been going to festivals ever since i kind of since we've started to take the music thing more seriously Mm -hmm. um, i just haven't been able to find the time with balancing work and everything to go uh like attend a festival Um, but every time we go and uh we we play shows and stuff like that it always brings back those really good memories and good vibes the community lives on everywhere we're like have fun bar shows everything it's it's always good vibes yeah and what about you you, brother who are you (laughs) oh who am i i don't know i don't know who i am my name is Liam Cormier. I go by culture. I don't know why I go by culture. It just kind of <laughs> happened. I, it it's just, gay. yeah, people just call me K. And they're just like, hey, K, how's it going? I'm like, I don't know. How, how's life, man? <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I play a bunch of instruments. I play drums, guitar, piano. I, uh, you know, I just, I'm kind of like a multi-task kind of guy in the, you know, in the instrument world. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, it, Basically, when I uh, started uh, chilling with McBay back in high school, me and him met in high school, and uh, we started, right. yeah, the, big, the good old days, right? And uh, he actually, the first time we ever met, this is, he came up to me and he was like, hey, man, uh, you look like you smoke weed. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah, and he's like, some terms, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we went and smoked weed, and then we were like, hey, do you do music? You know, and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I DJ. I'm like, what's DJing? I don't know what that is. What show me this? I play instruments. It's like- I play instruments. Yeah, I'm yeah, a yeah. songwriter, right? I don't know this. I didn't know the EDM world at all. And then this guy showed me what it was like. And I was like, what is this? You know what wow. I mean? Yeah, we have and then, uh, yeah, sorry. And then we just kept going from there. He just showed me how to produce because he was just going, he was really like progressing fast and producing and like DJing and all that. And I was just kind of like following him as his, as his bro and just kind of being along and like supporting him, you know, as a friend. Right, right, right. And then he kind of was like, hey man, like let's do something. And then we started DJing those frat houses and then we started mm-hmm. doing parties. We just started to realize like how powerful both of our talents could be together in the studio. Like, yeah. I'm right, right, right. Technical. Uh, like okay. I'm, I'm, I could arguably say I'm a computer geek, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Cormier is very much so like physical. So instruments to him are just like, you can pick them up and read them like a book. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it, it, once we figured out how we could just do that in the studio, it's, it's been it's been a different journey, to say the least. Yeah, you skipped. I was gonna ask you guys. Do you feel like you balance each other out in a certain way? But like, how do you feel performing live as well? Yeah, that's oh, yeah. a good question. Performing live, <laughs> is I'll say like, that that's accurate as hell. We're like we're we're like very similar. Uh, like when you know we're just very similar people in general. But when it comes down to performing, like we're very different under pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it so balances like, out it, in the end. That's what I mean. That's the like that's kind of the blessing. It does balance out. So yeah. Like one of us would be more nervous before a show and the other one would, would be able to kind of keep us grounded. And then when, once we get up on stage, you know, get through that intro, that, that those first couple songs, mm-hmm. he, 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 comes out, like, he threw up right before a show. <laughs> and I was like knocking on the, it was like, actually it was in Florida. Cause okay, this is actually a crazy story. So yes. 
I'll, I'll, t- I'll, let me, I'll explain a little summary here. Um, <laughs> so it's big, but so basically our flight got canceled the first time we were supposed to go to Florida to play a show. 24 hours before we were like, literally 24 hours before wow. our airlines like, Oh yeah, we forgot to book airspace. And we're like, Oh, what? Sick. What do you mean you forgot to book airspace? What is this? This is like a swoop flight. So like, it wasn't any, like Don't we, use we were going. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so we're going and so we're trying to get on this flight and then all of a sudden it's canceled and we're like, what are we going to do? So we get hop in the car and we're like, we're going to drive, we're going to make it. Wow. And we push all the way and we don't sleep and we finally get there and we probably sleep for like five hours. And I look at, I, we wake up after a nap and yeah. I look at McVeigh and he's just like, he looked terrible. Yeah. And oh, I was no. like, oh, no, yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. dude. And we had a trio at the time. And I'm looking at my buddy. I'm like, yo, we're, what are we going to do with him? And then right. we went to go get tacos, right? Yeah. We like our, like the, the promoter, we were playing with <laughs> Not Lizzie a good idea. Jane, actually. Yeah, I was just that, no. yeah. We were opening up for Lizzie Jane and she was doing a meet and greet at this taco place right across the street. And the promoter uh-huh. asked us, he's like, Hey, do you guys want to come to the meet and greet? And we're like, obviously for sure. Mm-hmm. So, up to this meet and greet and i probably was sitting down at the table for like five minutes i got a tomato soup not a good idea <laughs> oh man it was yeah. just the worst decision of my life and we went back to <laughs> sat down like I, I i ate the soup and then i had to go stand outside and get some pressure i was still not feeling it went down oh and god and yeah, died just, just yeah low-key died. It, yeah. it was it was kind of that was our first like show in north america though yeah so there was definitely <laughs> a lot of nerves like yeah, and yeah, was, yeah. And, and that was with like our third member as well. So that, that definitely helped the drive because we had three people for the Jeez. drive. But oh second and the third time we've done it, we've uh, we've only had two people. So it's been like, you know, one man sure. takes the wheel for twelve hours, the other man yeah. takes the wheel for twelve. Yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. And we're driving just us two because we had three people. It was it was kind of nice because you know, like it was able. You know, shout out to our our buddy. He's not here with us right now, but I'm just gonna yeah. shout him out because you yeah, know we miss you, bro. <laughs> we miss you, dude. What's up, dude? We're we're still boys with him, and he's a he's an awesome dude. But he's just you know he mm-hmm. just did his thing, and we do our thing, right? Yeah, we so. just went different ways. Exactly. Awesome. I got it. Yeah, but uh, I you know I, when we're driving us too, it's sometimes so difficult. We'll be like okay, like cranking monsters, <laughs> like. The monsters for life i, I work for monster so it's blessed oh wow, wow, wow that's awesome. oh. what are you playing in the car like who's in control of the tunes oh, oh that's a good question it's normally <laughs> my car so my phone gets synced to bluetooth right Got away so i like, get yelled at yeah <laughs> so i get i get control of the music but he has i'm driving right so he can just take my phone and put something yeah yeah left with the steering wheel controls but no we're, we're we're pretty good for that we are always like I, I feel like we're always on like the same vibe. We kind of know what we want to play. Like mm-hmm. for example, on the way home today, we just kind of threw on a bunch of like live sets. Like I was listening to some live sets nice. from like digital dreams, which is a festival here in Canada from 2014 oh, nice. some brownies and lemonade sets, like yeah. just stuff like that, that like we had a three hour drive. So that's kind of the most of the time, the vibe. So we never really have a, too many arguments i mean i, I <laughs> on music requests at I, least i would say i i guess i mean yeah. i guess i mean i sometimes like to play like i don't know i'm kind of i'm everywhere i like to play like 90s grunge music a lot and he okay. hates that and i know that's like it, i don't know that stuff inspires me because i used to play guitar and like mm-hmm. i was a drummer and stuff but he's just like in the car and i'll throw that on once in a while and he'll just look at me and be like dude dude come on come on yeah 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 
Well, I was going to say, like, what did you guys listen to, like, before this? Because I feel like a lot of people who are in dance music now went through, like, an emo and punk phase in high school. (laughs) You are correct. You are correct. (laughs) Linkin Park, for me, was, like, my Mm -hmm. go-to. When Linkin Park and Jay-Z did their Collision Course album, I think that was, like, 2003. Yeah. uh, That was a huge game changer for me. I started to, like, just really open my eyes up to other genres and Mm -hmm. combination of genres. Um, and then, yeah, Swedish House Mafia was right around, like, the time that I started really, like, getting into, like, billboard charts and, like, what's right. popular right now, other than just, like, what my dad was listening to or what was on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. So, at that point, that's when I really started to take interest in, like, electronic music and Swedish, like, Swedish House Mafia, Martin Garrix, Tiesto, those were some of my big first influences. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, just because at the time, you know, that was really what was, what was popping. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about yeah. you? Uh, I would say, oh man, I, I went through a hard emo phase. Like I was, <laughs> Same. I was, yep. y- you were in that too. Okay, yeah, I, not alone. We're not alone. I, I lived those days hard. I still live those days. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. With you. But uh, I listened to pretty much everything that, yeah, like Blink One Eighty Two. You know, like Sum Forty One. That Lincoln Park, obviously, like Rise Against Billy Talent. A lot of Canadian bands. There's a lot of I like uh, yeah, Canadian yeah. bands. You know, got to support the canadians sure yeah but um i also listened to like was it good charlotte yeah so good basically everyone you just said that was all like on my walkman yeah (laughs) not a phase mom like we everybody went through that phase so hard i I did like the um i did warp tour like six years in a row and then there was um in new jersey they had because i started going to festivals when i was like 14 but they were like pop or alternative rock and there was one in new jersey um called bamboozle that i went to literally 10 years in a row and it was like so many good bands i like loved oh god i love that music That's so sick. i'm jealous right never now. came to canada i think they only came to canada like oh, once no. or twice yeah so yeah. i never actually went to I, i've heard good things about it though honestly oh. i think they came a little bit more Did but they? like i think we were just two in our Maybe own we little world probably in our own world. <laughs> We were too focused yeah. on EDM. It was a big deal, though. Like, when they came a couple years, maybe it was just they didn't come in a while or something, but, like, they did come, and they came to Echo For Beach. Sure. Oh, did they? Yeah, it was literally the weekend after, like, Digital Dreams. Oh. Yeah. So I got to ask you guys about your own music because clearly for the record, you do not make disco, but you do have, I feel like you kind of go in and out of genres because I was going to say bass house or dubstep, but how would you describe your music to anybody listening? You know what? I'm going to say this. <laughs> DGF, Disco Godfathers. Us, we just do not care. We do whatever the hell we want. We make whatever brand we feel, or whatever type of music we feel we want to make, right? Yeah. And we uh, we always like like we have this one thing that we always say to each other. It's like when you're a Godfather, like there's no rules. Just there's because no rules. Just, oh, I love like, that. Just because it's the two of us, right? Like when we get into the studio, we just we just create. Like there's never really an end goal, and that's kind of how we mm-hmm. started making music. And we've you know we both went. You know we've had uh, instructors and mentors and both went to school um, for producing and mixing and mastering and stuff. And Mm -hmm. um, even through all those courses, they really try to teach you workflow. And the one, the the one really big thing that I've taken from those, those workflow things is just, just be creative and like, don't really like have a workflow. And this is going to probably get a little technical, but like Mm -hmm. it comes down to like your template, right? Like how, how how you open up your DAW and like how you see everything like prepared for you. If you're just opening up like a blank whiteboard, Mm-hmm. have a little bit harder time to get something going but for sure um, yeah i mean that's it's don't it's uh like we always try not to limit our creativity we're not trying to like hone in on a specific mm-hmm. genre we're all, we're just like what do we feel like right now it's like right 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 it's just so much better that way because it's like we have so much more fun it's more 
we have some stuff coming yeah. coming yeah. out real soon, like a whole EP of things that is I mm-hmm. saw, uh, yeah. Far from EDM. So Yeah, far from EDM actually. Um, and we're pretty stoked for that. And we we've like lost sleep over thinking about how to release it. Mm-hmm. And that's where the God like Godfathers have no rules type of thing came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you, you see a lot of artists catching, you know, some heat and, and things from from mm-hmm. fans for for you know kind of switching it up. Side, yeah, like just, yeah. Just, just stepping outside of their genre and like no artist should be limited to a genre and like one of the mm-hmm. biggest influences to this day is Getter. And like when Getter oh, caught yeah. like right Getter. when Getter caught yeah. heat for dropping this girl, like that was that was just uncalled for. Like, yeah, if yeah. you ask any artist, I, I would hopefully say that they would agree. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that album was amazing. And he went and stepped out of his comfort zone for that. And I feel like that's why we kind of tripped about this upcoming EP. But mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, we're going we're gonna to release it under Disco Godfathers, but we're going to kind of brand it differently. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to create like a, a sub-entity of our brand, we're thinking, and, and oh, cool. be DGF. Okay. Yeah. I love and, that. So it's kind of like an alias, but like it's not because it's I was still just the thinking same that thing. in my head. Well, so first question do you guys have like a certain set, like number of tracks and a date you're going to release it? Or are you still working on that? So right now, Spotify's, they're like, they basically said that they're taking a lot longer to get songs through distribution. And it's mm-hmm. all distributors like we release with, uh, with DistroKid. Okay. Um, and DistroKid is, is even saying that they're like, there's a three to five week uh, like release pushback. That's and okay. um, because of quarantine, like we actually just moved in together like a month ago. Nice. Um, so we just recently got this EP like fully, fully finished. Okay. Um, and we were planning to release it in July, um, at the end of July. And it's probably looking like it's going to be August. Pushback. Yeah, for sure. But hopefully we can get a single in there sometime because we do have some stuff like already in the system that, that we're just kind of waiting to get approved. So, uh, Well, you brought up a good point, though. I like, I've had this conversation a couple of times just about yeah. genres because I do feel like some of my favorite artists kind of like go in and out. Like I'm a huge Seven Lions fan and I feel like that man can kind of like do a little bit of everything. Um, but oh, some yeah. of my favorite people are, are like, I love the aliases aliases of them like Eric Prids has two aliases that I love and like Oliver Heldens has an alias called Hilo that I'm like is super tech house and I really dig that side of him so I think it's really interesting when artists step out of their their usual routine and do something completely different especially now after quarantine I've seen some live stream sets of like people doing completely different things like Jaws did a uh, drum and bass set that was really fun that I liked from him so I kind of I kind of enjoy it I don't know I think it's going to be interesting to hear what you guys come out with awesome I'm, I'm we're really stoked to release it so yeah i'm like hopefully we can get it out there soon hopefully we you enjoy it like yeah. honestly i just want <laughs> i want you to love it i want you to love it and all the I new will. stuff all the new stuff that we're gonna try and drop in the next year or so we're trying to go balls to the wall mm-hmm. we're gonna just like do whatever the hell we want and hopefully you guys will love it and i want i, I think people will like it because we're, it's like we're, we're doing what we want but at the same time we're grasping we, we know what you want, but we're yeah. going to do it our way. You know what <laughs> yes, I mean? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, you have to be happy with it at the end of the day. But um, are you are you guys, I know you haven't been together like just as a duo too long. Are you focused on collabs as well? Or like, how do you feel about, you know, doing that with other artists every now and then? Yeah, uh, we so we have released a couple collabs in, in the in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. What do we got out right now? We, we've worked on a bunch of collabs, but we just oh, haven't yeah. released them. So we've we got out two or three right now, but we have... We actually love working on collabs with artists to answer your question. And mm-hmm. there. 
um, it's really inspiring to get with another artist and especially with, with COVID, there's not necessarily time to get into the studio together. Yeah. Um, but even zoom, like what we're using right now, right. It's, it's an amazing mm -hmm. tool to share your screen and get on like a video call with another producer and just kind of catch a vibe to start a track. Mm -hmm. Um, and every collab that we've worked on, um, has always take like taken us personally out of our comfort zone. And it's mo right. most of the time it's because you're always yeah. learning something new from another artist. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're going like, you know, like you get the project back and you're like, yo, how did, how did you like, right. How did you do that? Or like, you know, like what <laughs> did you do to get like it to sound like that type of thing? And you're always learning like new techniques and things. And then when you go back and you work on a single for for example, mm -hmm. you try to like apply that technique in your own way. Right. Um, and you always get really cool results. So I find that collabs are great ways to, to not only, you know, get quality content, mm -hmm. um, but to also just learn and, and really increase your skills. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any dream collabs? Put it oh out there in the god. universe. Oh my god! <laughs> There's so many dream collabs. It's like <laughs> I, I want to collab with like Dirty, Dirty Snatcher. I want to yeah. do. I want to do something with that guy. Yo, Dirty, what's up? I want to do something with, with Getter, but but with Terry Reed. Oh my god! Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah any genre? Lizzie Jane is a collab that that we really do want to like work on. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you know Lizzie Jane. She's from the Tampa area. Uh, she's been actually. Yeah freaking killing it right She's now. She's so killing it. So we'll, we put everything out there in the world. We're going to manifest good collabs for you to come in the future. Awesome. <laughs> Excited. Excited. Awesome. I was going to ask you guys too, as far as like some of these frat parties you played, are these like in Canada frat parties? And what are those experiences like for you <laughs> when you were first started? Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> There's some crazy experiences. Those, those days were those days, th that was like a whole time period for us, you know, like yeah. those frat, we call it the frat house days because those days were just like a blur of so many parties. So like many it was frat houses. so many. There yeah. was, there was times like, because around here, like universities are, are, are pretty big, but like mm -hmm. when we drive through, like when we drive to Florida and we drive past like some of the universities down there and some yeah. of like, the, the sports fields and some of the campuses and mm -hmm. you know, we, we had never played a frat in America, but we've heard about the size of the houses and stuff like that it yeah. does not compare like i'll tell you that off the bat it does not compare to it doesn't what, compare what we're to about it. to tell you but, but the parties down here like the frat parties down here are better than your average house party like oh yeah 13 person house and they like sell tickets for us to play so wow. it was like a legit experiment or yeah, like experience yeah. um they had like and also corrals out front of yeah <laughs> had gate, like corrals out front of their house and stuff and like wow normally run them on uh like Halloween's or like homecoming or stuff like that. So those would be like the big parties. Um, a couple times though, we would get asked to DJ like the mixers and yeah. I, I, we're neither of us are frat people. Like we both right. didn't I'm far from that. I mean, <laughs> secondary school, like high school yeah. education and music education. That's, that's it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so like it was, it's, yeah, I don't even know where to go. Oh dude. I, <laughs> it's so weird. Honestly, yeah. it's because it was such it was such a blur for us because we honestly at that time we were just we were just kids like we still are kids but we were younger kids we weren't right. even in school so it was like a totally new experience to us yeah like wow. pulling up to these parties was like all right like we're gonna so go many. to a frat mixer party where like mixers are just like just the frats and the sororities so like yeah, yeah. no outsiders like no tickets it's just like you know a bunch of chads and brads Your around party, yeah so, so many chads and brads sorry boys but like they're yeah. dope but there's you guys are so chad and brad, enough Hi, brad. That, 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 that stereotype is definitely a stereotype That's um funny. but uh 
like just going into those those mixtures is totally different than those open parties. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to say that the open party days are like the open parties versus the mixtures way better because you'd be put like ten sure. times the people. Oh, it was nice. The basements too, like like people. Yep. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, yeah. Would be sweating like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be gross. Oh, like there God. would always be like one, you know, like little strip hole in the middle that would be broken by eleven o'clock. Yeah, and, and might be a weapon by twelve. So like you gotta watch <laughs> out. And like, it, but some of the like, yeah, there's there's some pretty crazy nights that happen there. Like the footage <laughs> and even the music selection that we would be playing would be mm -hmm. not what we would be playing now. It, but it's actually how though we like playing those frat houses. How we got good at just. DJing not just EDM though that's true like just playing anything like because we wouldn't take requests but we knew what they wanted to hear right. like if if it was hip-hop and it, it, even though what we used to throw EDM in there a lot actually we used to yeah, like almost did. be like hey if you guys like this then let's play this next track let's you see know if you like this see yeah. if you like that and then that's we'd be playing for eight to ten hours though. yeah it was nuts wow like eight that's to like hours. an art form in itself playing that long my god yeah. <laughs> oh my god it was i remember the one time <laughs> one time McBay was just chilling there and he looks at me and he's like dude i don't know how long it's been but i think i definitely set the record my personal like record because yeah. he was always like bragging about like we, we'd always have like a competition me and him right because we yeah, have to yeah. keep it like competitive between us some sort of competitive, for sure you know? yeah. and he's like man i was djing for like it's like marking on the marking on the marking on your phone, man. It's like seven hours and thirty minutes or something, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god! I think god. that was the same night too that one of the CDJs broke because obviously we always had one of these nights where you know people get wasted out. and drinks yeah. get spilled. Right. And this was the first night that this happened, so we learned from our mistakes after this. But um, yeah, we had right. a drink get spilled on the one CDJ, and it was only like one thirty, and like these parties go till like five o'clock, right? For sure, yeah. So yeah. we were still like we still had a long night ahead of us. And we ended up just using one CDJ, but in between, like when we loaded the track, cause like we have to play like a whole song out every time now. Mm -hmm. It was like 1.30 and we're playing whole songs out cause we only have one CDJ. <laughs> oh my God, like, oh my God. I remember that, that, was, just, that was sucked. But you, it's oh. a frat, so everybody's still just like, yeah. Yeah, they have no idea what's happening yet. <laughs> no, literally no idea what's happening. So like we'd get to like the end of a song and like you just hear like a noise, like a white noise. Cause there's a white noise on a DJ mixer. And yeah. we just kind of crank this white noise up. <laughs> And then I'd grab the mic and I'd go like, oh, yeah, oh, and everybody would start I'd chanting it. The and then I'd wait for the song to load, hit play, and then just turn yeah. it up. And then it would, it was just like, oh, this is just painful. But I remember the one time we were playing. So we started playing like really crazy house music, like really fast type, like yeah, like speed house, like speed house. Like I don't even know. It was some some crazy. We weren't even. We were on some shit though. Like like we were like talking like creative wise on the tables. Like we were just. Uh, I remember we were playing at like weird BPMs and then messing around with like night bass tunes and then like I don't know we were that doing... was a really good time to experiment with yeah you. we were just yeah. experimenting you could fuck up and nobody knew yeah, yeah exactly. but like it almost was amazing because I remember one time mm -hmm. like we you would drop like a, a song and then it would go I remember one time it was accidentally at 140 BPM when it meant to be 128 yeah and then it sounded amazing and then everyone just started beating the shit out of the walls and then they were like. <laughs> so many holes in the wall it was like like yeah, house music so and it was, everything was destroyed and i'm like what is happening what is going on i actually remember the song it was chicken soup so if it, if it, if it, <laughs> yeah there you go 
that makes that makes a lot of sense. Chicken soup at one forty gets people going. <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs> no, they go hard. Burns his memory. Well, like cut cut to now. Like, what is it like playing shows now? Like, how do you guys approach a set? Like, do you feel because you guys are, like you said you play a little bit of everything, whatever you're feeling. So, how do you approach like either a, a, sh a smaller show or versus like a festival? Yeah, um, we we definitely learned from those things that like when you're playing eight hours, it's hard to plan like a mm -hmm. whole eight hours, right? Yeah. Um, so when we were playing that, uh, comparatively speaking, we would literally pick an opening song and like, you know, five songs that are like chart toppers that are like going to mm -hmm. for sure get people going. Um, and that would be, that's all we would think about before. We'd just have a USB with maybe a thousand songs on it and be like, mm -hmm. put it in there and just kind of shuffle through. Right, right. Um, now when we're playing um, and it's now it's any show any set like radio shows uh, festivals clubs mm -hmm. anything well we're always creating a new set um and we just like record boxes is very very mm -hmm. key um you just kind of load up your like load up your music on there um, mm -hmm. go through it all you know kind of catch a vibe um, we like to create intros uh so like we go into ableton and we make a different intro for every show type thing nice. um we try to keep it uh themed if we can to like our set yeah um and then yeah we just go through and we pick like 60 to 80 songs um mark our cue points uh right, and then right. just kind of just kind of play it by ear a lot of songs uh that we played in other sets they already have you know they're already cue pointed up we already really really know them so mm -hmm. most of the time when we're creating a new set um we're getting like 10 to 15 new songs um and we always try to incorporate uh, five to ten tracks of our own okay um between unreleased uh and released yeah, we still do play some of the stuff like our first ever track more. We still play it every now and then, um, but we're trying to get to the point where we can kind of like phase those tracks out and start playing right, right. more unreleased stuff and uh, other artists work. Like some of our uh, producer buddies have a lot of a uh, just a lot of talent um, awesome. in our in our close network. So yeah, I'm just trying to support as many people as we can too. Trying to get those track. We're trying to collab with a lot of people too in the future and uh, help out also the people around us that have helped us out like immensely through this mm -hmm. journey just because i don't know it's just it's crazy to think like honestly when we were playing in frat houses and like going back to that time period where like it was kind of just like figuring out what we could do and like the, the potential and like the power that we had with the tables and mm -hmm. djing and being a group and just this power we had i don't know it's, it's undescribable it's weird yeah and um we just it's just weird you know like going coming from that and then realizing hey i'm in florida now yeah at edc dry yeah. and i've now i'm in like now and we know also shout out to everyone in florida that has helped us along the way Straight like up, it's right. crazy i can't even begin to list everybody it, so many people you like I love honestly like all my American friends, all you Americans out there. I love you guys. Like it's been a year. Like, it's been a year for you guys too. Year, and, and we've been, wow. you know, we've been separated. Like we, when COVID happened, we were in <laughs> Florida. Yeah. Oh wow. March thirteenth, yeah. we flew into Florida. We were literally thinking we were possibly going to be the last flight out of Canada because oh of what was going God. on in the news. Yeah. We, we had a show on the fourteenth. Was it the fourteenth? Yeah, it was on the fourteenth. The poster wow. stood behind me on the wall. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> and then we played on, and then we had to catch another flight home on the on the fifteenth. Okay. We had we had three other shows. That was in so that show was in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. um, we were gonna head to Daytona, uh, like literally the next morning. Jeez. And then we were gonna come back down through Daytona to Orlando, um, and then back down into Fort Lauderdale to play mm -hmm. one more show, and all that got wiped. 
It's funny, wow. my dad was actually going to come and meet us down uh, oh in God. Florida. Uh, shout out Pops, but fucking, he didn't make it. Couldn't so, make it because the apocalypse kind of happened. Yeah so, but. yeah, so you had to fly back pretty much right after that, and then you've been home since? Yeah, yeah. we've been home since, so we were uh, lucky enough to have a place to stay when we were down there for just a couple of days, and we actually were lucky enough to be able to cancel our Airbnb without getting like a huge hit, so sure, 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 yeah. um, it just it really sucked so that we were able to. Though, right? Um, like, it was... 24 hours like we thought we were yeah. good <laughs> nuts honestly I, I remember flying down we're in the airport uh here's some i hear talk we're now, this is the first time we flew right. too and of course it's the time that it's probably the sketchiest time floating yeah yeah <laughs> and we get down there and i'm, I'm i start kind of sensing that something was super wrong like i was like all right and then but i knew and honestly i'm gonna say this because like <laughs> This guy was definitely, I was terrified way he before was. he even knew what was a problem, like how the fear set in for him. But we also like <laughs> deal with fear different. Cause I was like, honestly, I was, I, when I heard this shit was happening, I freaked out. Like I, I lost my mind. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. It like scared the crap out of me. <laughs> and I, I was washing my hands like every five minutes. This guy's oh, like, dude, calm down. Calm, just chill. Bad. It was bad. He's like, dude, you got to calm down. But um, I remember when it happened, I'm looking at the TV and I couldn't even believe that like three days ago, I was just sitting there in, in the studio Yeah, and everything was okay. fine. Everything was fine. <laughs> like, it seemed like everything was all good. We're like, yeah, we got to get our set ready. Like, we're leaving <laughs> in three days. I can't, I can't even imagine. Well, I'm glad you guys got back home, but in yeah. Florida, tr obviously, as we're seeing now, like it's been weird being in the United States, seeing other, how other states had handled it because other places we're still open for biz and like in New Jersey and New York city, everything was shut down from the beginning, but we yeah. go to ultra and literally day I had like a whole rave fam that I was going with. And like, we had phone calls every day. Like first we were like, okay, what are we going to do? Then they cancel the whole festival. It like sends waves through the whole festival industry. And then we're like, we're still doing Miami music week, buy up all these tickets to all the nightclub shows next day a couple get canceled we're like we're still gonna go we're gonna go to the beach and we're gonna enjoy it and then finally we pulled out of it we we're like this is so irresponsible and then days later they shut I down know. all of miami so that was the other thing too we were gonna go that was like the yeah. main reason for our trip like when we first went to florida in november uh, we were talking to like the promoters and our buddies that booked us and we're like yeah what is like miami music week like like we hear all these good things about it and like you know there's nothing like that in canada like we really want to come wow. down and check it out and they're like let's do it like we'll hook you guys up with you know a place to stay and let's like let's run it and we were obviously more than down to do it so hopped on a plane and then corona yeah. <laughs> so, like, we're definitely gonna be hitting Miami Music Week, whatever, 2021, 2022. I don't yes. know what it's gonna be. 21 ever I'm coming. Yeah, Florida doesn't care. look like this place right I, think so. I mean, even if they can just do that, because I know a lot of people give like a lot of shit to Miami. Like they say, like, oh, they don't really want to have Ultra there. But Miami Music Week, I, I did it once in 2017. It was like my favorite part. I wish we did it more because the pool parties, like yeah. the energy of that going into yeah. Is so much fun, and people are just wild in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my God. And then Ultra, too, right? That would have been like, that's always the mm -hmm. same week. So it's just such a huge buildup. It seems yep. like it would be like the craziest week in Florida. So oh, yeah. We definitely have to hit it up. Yeah. That's, but um, is there any like dream festivals for you guys that you would want to play? Oh. I oh. really like, to be honest, there's no festivals in Canada that like really appeal to us. I'd love to play at Digital Dreams in Toronto. It's like one of the biggest ones. Yeah, me too. Um, it's just, it's just kind of like, that's one of my first festivals. So that would be really, really cool to play at. Um, but I've never been to Izu. Oh, I've, even fun, yeah. I've, I, I want to play at Izu. I just see the stage designs and I, 
everybody like all of, of my rave my rave group everybody that's been mm-hmm. it's, the, the, it's the festival that they talk the highlight like the, the highest stuff and yeah most of them have done like lost lands and they've done edc and stuff like that so I, and i have not I'm, we've actually neither of us have done lost lands um, i've heard and, things about that too yeah right and yeah. that's another one that like we would love to play at as well oh i want to play there so bad and like that's <laughs> the thing it's that's that's why it's so it's so weird for us though because like once we release this ep it's gonna be we're gonna have to really maintain like yeah the, the not give a fuck attitude yeah because it, I, we could almost lose out on that opportunity but like we hope that doesn't happen but it's not um, it, we have a lot more fire dubstep to drop and then like uh a, a lot of festivals now are really opening up their their lineups so yeah uh, we see a lot more uh live acts performing right like i, I almost find that i see a, a lot more interest in live acts yep. remember the first festival that i went to um justice headlined and it was a live set oh wow and it was like everybody from them and it was on the main stage it was like everybody from the main stage went over to the base tent and was like nah and like, <laughs> i was like yo justice like i was not expecting this but like i vibed out to the whole set and i was like this is actually kind of cool sure. and i had people doing a whole bunch of more like live sets i think i saw um you remember keys and crates like, back oh, in the day okay is doing a bunch of live oh my sets god keys well. and crates were amazing I see, yes. i've seen them a few times they're all right? seen them okay they're, I, I they're saw from them toronto they're, like they're canadians are they really Shout yeah. out keys and crates yeah like Shout out the boys <laughs> and they actually came and they played at ever after which is literally in our hometown like yeah. we we lived 10 minutes too. away from ever after festival yeah grounds. honestly where <laughs> this is right now is legit i could walk to ever after like wow. where it is for sure i'm curious too before i let you guys go here just in general like how has this time in the past few months been for you creatively like do you feel like it gave you a break to work on music did that speed up the process of the ep or was it also like a little bit unmotivating at the same time just with everything going on you know what i'm gonna say this it was everything that you said all in one big ball okay <laughs> literally literally because uh, honest- a lot of people it seems to be the same kind of yeah. feeling now, yeah. a whirlwind of events. yeah like at first i'm sitting i'm sitting in my parents house because I, I i went and i had to move out of my house because we were going to sell mm. my the house i live in right now and i had to move back to my parents for a bit and i was like oh my god i'm going back to my parents house this sucks <laughs> and, <laughs> and i'm sitting there and i'm just like okay well i'm at my parents house i have no studio i can't really make music because like at the time he was moving out of his place too and then there's a bunch of things that are happening in both of our lives personally that like kind of prevented us from making music in general or slowed us down so that kind of sucked but then at when COVID hit and everything else it kind of like it it was like a ball of everything it gave us more time like especially like it did give us more time though time off work i agree with exactly what you said it was like a um, all over the place it was when we were like when he was at his at, at his parents house um he was like technically quarantining there and like we didn't see each other for like two weeks once we got home from florida wow so we do have like because like, we this is the first time we've lived together um but we've always been working remotely um like from each other's and like you know houses in the sense uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, so we have a really good system for that okay um, but now that we're together it's just you know it's like intensified it's, it's crazy i wake up in the morning and he looks at me and he's like Right, we're making a track and it's like that never used to happen you know that yeah, yeah, i used yeah. to wake up in the morning and be like oh my god i gotta go to work but now it's, yeah. <laughs> now we're just both here ready to go i would yeah oh yeah i would say though covid like set was shitty at first but then to be honest actually helped us in the end mm-hmm. but it was terrible at first like it was like the lowest low that i have had so in my just, life in yeah. a long time just not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for like mm-hmm. shows and returning back to florida like, yeah we really have a huge 
place in our heart for Florida and everybody down in Florida. That we've yeah, like they helped us so much. No, I appreciate you being honest. I, I feel like everybody went through a similar thing. And it's interesting. A lot of people have said the same thing. Like they were also personally dealing with things like moving or other like really big life changes besides from like some people losing their jobs or getting furloughed or anything like that. So I agree mm-hmm. with you. I felt like on any given day, one day could I could wake up the most motivated, energized, like so excited about creating content and things like that and where things are going. And the next day, like sobbing, being like, this, none of this fucking matters. <laughs> like, <laughs> my life. <laughs> Literally yeah, how yeah, I yeah. feel though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was very, very bizarre. I feel, I feel like now, I mean, I think summer and having better weather and things like that obviously helps, but just, I mean, we can't do what we love, right? Like at the end of the day, like they, your hobby of like going to shows and performing for people and doing that, like it's taken away and we don't have an answer as to when it'll come back. So it's kind of like coming to terms with that. But in the meantime, it's been great to see people like stepping up and like these companies putting on these live streams and crazy virtual festivals and things like that. Like, I think we're just doing the best we can with what we have right now. And I think, you know, that initial shock is kind of like settling a little bit. So like investing mm-hmm. in your music and stuff like that, it's just like the perfect use of your time, but it's also like, okay to go easy on yourself most days. Cause this is not normal for anybody, you know? Yeah, exactly. I feel like that really helped us because we were able to like kind of slow things down a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. take a step back and just like, like you said, like, don't always have to feel the pressure of like not working or of working and mm-hmm. when you're not working you know what i mean right 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 because at the beginning of covid like call of duty warzone was our best friend like, <laughs> that's how we would talk like i'd be like yo want to play warzone we'd hop in a party and be like yo, yeah what's up? like i don't want to play warzone but like <laughs> just like kind of catch up because like we both had you know very little motivation to, to mm-hmm. music and just really couldn't see the end of the, like the light there so you, you know what though i will say the edm world and the edm community is amazing because they they're still doing what they can like to provide people what they need you know because i you know i'm I, I miss my friends out there you know i miss like all the the lovely people that i met throughout this like journey that we both taken yeah. and like for sure man the edm I'm, I'm gonna say this the edm community is the nicest like people in the world like everyone is the best honest to god i can't wait to meet more people you know when this is all over we've been pretty blessed we always have great interactions with people that are following us on twitter and Mm -hmm. you know um, our family like i don't want to call them fans because it's really just family it's just a family like dgf fam like you guys i've seen people like on our twitter and on our instagram like helping people out just like when you know when people need a helping hand to like get by with their bills during this and like wow you know, cash app that's not few bucks and shit like yeah you know cash app down here because that's a, a u.s currency thing but mm-hmm. um like i've i just it's it's been really really inspiring to see how tight-knit this community is and how quickly they can come together to, to end, yeah. end anybody a helping hand so it's crazy I agree. I'm clipping that. That was perfect. <laughs> so well said. Um, okay, my awesome. last question before I let you guys go here. What What are you most excited about right now? You could say one thing. One thing. All right. Oh, I'm gonna say, probably most likely. I think we're probably gonna agree on this. Uh, we have been working on this collab with Rico Act for two years almost now. Wow. Um, and it's yeah dude. Rico's pro- it's our problem we've been loafed in Rico, I'm sorry right. man we need to get so, yeah we're sorry Rico but this track is basically finished now we just had to um, because of our split 
when we had three people and then we had two people, we didn't want to release the same product um, that we had originally came up with yeah. with our trio. Um, and the way that this project was formed didn't allow us to just kind of like take the lyrics and start from scratch. Yeah. So uh, we really had to study the project and create a song with a similar arrangement and, and style mm-hmm. uh, to be able to incorporate um, Rico. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna say that. So it's it's actually gonna be quite an interesting track if you know the history behind it. Honestly, I'm gonna say the same thing though. I'm super pumped for that uh, Rico track that we got going on. It's it, it's sounding pretty crazy now. That's for sure. It's got these. It's very dubstepy. Yeah. Very very dubstepy. Some of our first that's releases. Awesome. So. Obviously, it's dubstep. You know, we gotta go hard, Rico. You know, yeah. he goes hard as hell. That's for sure. For sure. And um, you know, uh, with that with that song though, there's kind of a history behind that song a little bit because he actually. He's a he's a G. Rico is a G. Is. I'm shouting him out so hard because he literally. What did we do? We we were on Twitter and yeah, we were on Twitter. So we just like randomly cooked up this this project one night. I tweeted him, um, wow. just like on our Disco Godfather thing. I tweeted like, "Yo, just cook something." And like, I feel like Rico like and tagged him like, "I feel like Rico Act would be fire for this." Oh and he God. replied back and he was like, "Yo, send it." And sent like in his in the DM, sent me his email, and wow. within like three days. Um, his team had gotten back to us and was like, "Yeah, no, Rico's down to do this. Like, let's That's let's so work cool. together." So um, that was super inspiring. But like, like I said, we were loved to ask since that was like two almost almost two years ago. So we, we gotta fucking get our shit together. Yeah, that though the, the reason, and I will explain. Like the reason why it took so long with that track is because we also had to grow a lot ourselves as like artists and producers, and yeah, we had but, to learn because we went through a lot of like not. I'm not gonna say shit. I'm gonna say like like teach like learning experiences you know what i mean a lot of mistakes you know you have to make a lot of mistakes to learn right so we had to make a lot more mistakes in order for us to be able to execute this project correctly yeah like two years ago we were in no position to kind of have such a large feature it felt like at least for us like we stumbled upon, like upon that opportunity it is and we were super blessed that rico was like yeah i've been with the track and able to like and was willing to give us that opportunity right um but like when we made that track it felt like that shit like came out of nowhere you know what i mean and it took us a while to actually like manifest that into other projects as well because we were mm-hmm. still at such like a big learning phase like yeah and that's what we begin to notice as well in our in our working uh, workflow um, okay. is like you just sit down and you get something done if you don't feel vibe on it you throw it out and mm-hmm. that's how this Rico track has had like literally I would probably say 10 different it's been it's been 10 different wow. tracks I yeah it's been 10 different it. songs 100% the final so one crazy. I felt was the best so okay it's interesting to hear I mean it's interesting for everybody to hear like what goes in behind the scenes because I feel like that's the case with a lot of different people like you have no idea how many times a track has been edited or sent back and forth before they hear the final product so I'm I'm sure it waited for a reason and it'll be that much better when you guys finally release it so you have to send it to me when you're ready to go <laughs> oh we're sending it once it's, once it's mixed and mastered you'll get the private link awesome. everything everything we do <laughs> we'll just we'll just send to you don't worry oh my god uh-huh. i love it i love discovering new music i always put out like a new music friday playlist on um spotify every like every friday with my favorite releases it's like the first thing i do when i wake up in the morning awesome. oh that's amazing Checking spotify like what has come out today <laughs> yeah Check the release radar you know yep 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 but um before i let you go what is your social media handles plug where everybody can find you 
Yeah, so um, we're uh, you can find both of us at Disco Godfathers uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff as well. Uh, and then our personals are uh, McBay, and then at uh, sorry, Call Me Culture. Call Me Culture. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Take it easy. It was such a blessing to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Alrighty, you guys. I really, really hope you enjoyed that interview with DDF. It was so much fun talking to them and getting to know them. Like I said, like could not be more down to earth, like humble dudes. Like it was seriously just a really nice conversation. And I really love meeting new people, especially in this community. So it was fun. I feel like we talked forever. It was a long interview. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for spending time with me and for coming on today. I hope you really enjoy their music. There's nothing I love more than introducing people to new music and new artists I do that every Friday with my Spotify playlist, but this was a fun one. Um, Really, I couldn't say more like positive things about them. They're definitely an up and coming artist that you guys should have your eye on. So stay tuned for their EP release. We're all very excited about it Um, and definitely go give them a follow. Show them some love and support at Disco Godfathers. Tell them you came over from Rave Culture Cast and do all the things. Stream the music on Spotify, but Without further ado, you guys, we are going to do EDM news and then songs of the week and then wrap this whole thing up. How does that sound? Okay, where do we want to start with EDM news? Um, I quickly wanted to recap the Tomorrowland stream because I haven't really shared my thoughts on it and I did end up purchasing tickets literally the day of. (laughs) So I kind of like, I really thought I wasn't going to do it and then my best friend Vicky and I were like, okay, why don't we just like, you know sit alone in our like in her apartment and just like watch the Tomorrowland stream together so that's what we did and it was worth every penny I gotta say they went above and beyond any live stream production I've seen any virtual festival like I honestly expected like nothing less but they surpassed my expectations um I believe there were over 1 million viewers throughout the two-day event And just some background on it, because I was curious, like, how they set it all up. Like, when you went to the website, it was like a virtual world. You could click around this map and then click on the different stages. And then the DJ was in this, like, virtual stage. It was honestly so fucking cool. Like, it was the closest I felt to actually being in, like, a crowd or atmosphere. Like, when I put the Eric Prids Holosphere set on, I put it on my TV. And I was, like, jumping around my living room having the best time. It really honestly made me feel so good. So... If other festivals follow suit, I think it's worth the money. Anyway, so it said they had four different video studios around the world that were used to film the sets. So they had green screen studios constructed in Belgium, Boom. um, Oh, in Boom, Belgium, sorry. In the United States, in Los Angeles, in Brazil, in Sao Paulo, and Australia, in Sydney. Hosted the 60 plus artists who stopped by to film their sets prior to the event. So that's something I was actually wondering about. I was curious if like, people were popping in and out of a studio, but um, I had figured everything was filmed, like pre-recorded, so that made a lot of sense. It said 38 digital cameras were built into the virtual concert spaces, including six 4K Ultra HD cameras, which allowed for rapid cuts between shots of the director's discretion. Crazy. Crazy. Um, the other cool thing is like you could relive the sets up until a week after the event, so I ended up not going back to watch any of them. But um, yeah, guys, it was honestly fantastic. I don't know if they're going to upload any of the sets. No idea. But yeah, if any of you guys watched, I'm sure sure you would say the same things. I thought it was worth everything. So that was really, really cool. 
All right, next we got to talk about the chain smokers because they're in hot freaking water. <laughs> so, okay, I feel like everybody's heard about this. They host, I don't know if they hosted it, but they played a drive-in show in Southampton, New York. And it kind of went viral everywhere because there was this photo on Twitter from the perspective of the chain smokers into the crowd. And it looked like a fucking concert. Like it did not look like a socially distanced tailgating drive-in rave. It looked like a full-blown concert. And my first thought was like, I thought it was from the past. I didn't think it was like this had happened. No, bitch, it had happened. (laughs) So... Um, Just from an article on Now This, it said it was a drive-in concert, in quotations, headlined by the Chainsmokers. It is being investigated by New York's health department after the event was hit with backlash for drawing in a massive crowd during the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. On Monday night, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo tweeted a widely circulated video of the event, which showed a crowd of people at the concert standing very closely together, not wearing masks. And he wrote, I'm appalled. The Department of Health will conduct an investigation. We have no tolerance for the illegal and reckless endangerment of public health. And it said the concert was advertised as a tailgate show. um, And it was supposed to be socially distanced. It was held in New York's affluent Southampton community on Long Island. Um, It said the event drew in more than 3,000 people and 600 vehicles, which paid up to $25,000 hairs. For 20 by 20 parking spots. Who the fuck's paying that much money to go see the chain smokers? Y'all, what are we doing here? (laughs) Um, And then it said, I don't even know. Like, I think one of the biggest problems, it said there was a VIP pit area in the very front, which is where most of the problems in quotation marks were. So I don't know. Okay, I don't know if the chain smokers have had a response to this yet. I have many thoughts on it. I'm not in the party of like, fuck the chain smokers, this is their fault, like it should all be blamed on them. I'm definitely not in that camp. Um, If they actually like hosted the event and it was them and their production company who was in charge of it, then that's one thing. But from seeing my friends go to other like EDM drive-in events who said the security was like really tight and really on top of their shit, they were like, if you were walking around or you went to another car, they were quick to break that up. Like they were you know, checking like how many people are supposed to be in a car and is that the amount of people standing next to it. So whoever was security and whoever was running the production failed completely miserably and it should be on them 100%. Like they should have been way stricter about people walking around and standing next to each other. So I don't really think it's fair to put all of the blame on the chain smokers. I think whoever was security and like running that event failed miserably. Um, However, they're saying that the chain smokers are advertising or were advertising other shows like this that they were going to be playing. So they're kind of just saying like, since this one went so horribly wrong, you better make sure that that's not going to happen again. Because on the flip side, you have these artists who were scheduled for festivals in the fall who were canceling and pulling out of it saying, I'm not comfortable playing a festival in the fall, period. So I'm not going to play it and I'm not going to be on your lineup, which if everybody pulls out, you don't have a festival similar to what's happening with sports if all the players pull out saying I don't feel safe you're not gonna have a season so you know if the chain smokers were smart they'd be like this one failed miserably we're not gonna put our names on another one moving forward so anyway it just ruins it for everyone else and that's why I'm so heated because we the only thing we have right now is EDM drive-in shows so if those start getting canceled because of a bunch of idiots I'm going to be hella pissed. (laughs) So get your shit together. Wear a mask and socially distance. Follow the rules like everybody else. It's not that hard. Okay. In other news, um, 
Imagine Music Festival went ahead and they just, boom, dropped their lineup for 2021. Does it physically pain anybody else that this is 2021? Like I, I looked at this lineup and I was like, wow, I'm so excited to go to that. Um, thinking it's like this fall. It's not. It's in like a year and a half. But anyway, um, it's going to be taking place September 17th through the 19th, 2021. Phase one is friggin' incredible. I've been hearing things that this was going to be this year's lineup. So I'm not sure if it's exactly the same or there's a couple changes, but it's caught my eye. That's all I'm saying. Um, headliners are Elenium, Cascade, and Griffin. Who else was standing out to me? Blau, Adventure Club, Back to Back. And then there it's, it's blurred out, so we don't know. BTSM, who else? Dabin, Ghost Rider, which is Ghastly, Back to Back, Joyride. Holy shit. Um, Kazo back to back, somebody that's blurred out, Lee Foss, Mol- this is my stage, okay? This was my favorite stage when I went last year. It's the Disco Inferno stage. It's headlined by Fisher, which will be fun. Lee Foss, Mala, Shibasan, Walker and Royce, Noizu, Side Piece, Sunburn, Vanessa, Dylan, Nathaniel. Like, mm, that's going to be fantastic. That would be where I would be living. And then there's a Wakan takeover, which is not my cup of tea, but I know that's going to be a big draw from all my wooks and my base heads. So you've got Liquid Stranger, Champagne Drip, Back-to-Back Lucid, Schlump, G-Rex, Sully, Wakan Family, Back-to-Back Set. That, that would be really fun. And then you've got Black Gummy, who's an incredible techno artist. That's a Mousetrap fam. Who else is on here? Kayvon, No Mana, Of The Trees, Lick, A Cascade, Daytime, Pool Party, Second Set. Wow. Is Cascade on here? Oh my god. I'm, yeah, I read that. Okay. <laughs> I'm losing my marbles. Okay. Fantastic. I think that's going to be fire. So I'm going to wait and find out more details. At this point, I'll send it to every single festival in 2021. So there's a good chance I might be back, I'd imagine. <laughs> okay. Um, next one I want to say is an announcement from Hard, which is their Back Hard Barbecue. So if you guys are a fan of Hard Music Festival, um, Insomniac is throwing a virtual, another virtual Ravathon um, Friday 8-7 and Saturday 8-8, where your house time 6 p.m to 12 a.m pacific so that's not too bad it's starting at 9 p.m eastern so that's good i do not think we have a lineup yet but um it's gonna be really fun and i love that it's like a summer barbecue theme so looking forward to that we've got another insomniac live stream to look forward to all right this next one has been all over social media and I'm excited for it, so I, I couldn't wait to tell you guys about this one. So if any of you guys have seen this, Electric Zoo announced a new like travel experience, which is going to take place in April 2020. No, it's 2020 now. <laughs> April 2021. It's called like Izu Adventures, and it's the Cancun edition. It's April 2021, five days, four nights. It's basically like an Izu hotel takeover featuring live performances. There's going to be a $20 deposit that you can put down and packages for the hotel start at $6.99. So this is like a whole new experience that they're launching. Um, Think of it as like a dream beach vacation with, you know, your favorite EDM acts performing in Cancun. So it's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, The one thing I wanted to say about this, guys, is surprise, I'm going to be selling tickets. So uh, I'm going to have tickets through Pollen and we are going to have pre-sale access. So this episode comes out Wednesday. I'm not sure what day this week I'm going to have access. But if you want to go and you want to put a deposit down, definitely DM me at Emma Capotis and let me know and stay tuned on my Instagram stories and page 
for the announcement because I have a feeling this shit is going to fill up real fast. So if you guys definitely want to get tickets to this and do this trip, which sounds amazing, DM me and I will hook you up next week or this week since it's coming out. But um, this is something I would be interested in, to be completely honest with you. I don't know where like the state of traveling is going to be or the coronavirus is going to be in 2021. Coronavirus. I just heard the Cardi B sound in my head. Oh, my God. Um, But hopefully Cancun will be okay. And I mean, like, let's fingers crossed the vaccine is out at that point. But um, yeah, definitely something I'm interested in doing. So that'd be cool if we could all go and hang out and have like a little rave culture cast family meetup in Cancun. All right. Last thing. My voice is dying. Um, Dead Mouse announced that he is going to be hosting a drive-in show in Toronto. So this is a new scenic venue called City View. It's a drive-in that caters to concerts, movie nights, corporate events, and more. It's Toronto's newest outdoor concert and entertainment venue. So yeah, Dead Mouse is going to be hosting it Friday, August 14th with support from Manzone and Strong. So yeah, if you guys are interested, that sounds like a really cool event. I think tickets are on sale Monday, August 3rd. So at this point, they might be sold out already. I'm not really sure. But it was cool to see him jumping in the game there. I feel like that would be such a fun set to see at a drive-in rave. I would absolutely love that. So who you guys, that is all of our EDM news this week. We got, we got a lot going on. All right, let me do our songs of the week. And then I will let you all go on with your merry day. So, okay, first and foremost, we got a shout out last week's guest, Bijou. His album, Diamond City, let's just take a moment. Let's just take a moment to let that sink in. Fire. So fire. It's better than I thought it was going to be. I cannot stop playing it. Um, ooh, I have a lot of favorites, but I think my favorite besides Fantasy, which I already liked, that single was out before, West Side with Dr. Fresh makes me pop all parts of my body. That's all I'm going to say. So good. So check out West Side um, and just check out Bijou's Diamond City album in general and go back and listen to that episode if you haven't listened already. Griffin's new song, Cry, hits you in the feels. It's all it's all the elements of a Griffin song that you would love. Um, really, really incredible new track. So I was into that. I really love Adventure Club's new song, which Adventure Club has been hit or miss for me. Some songs I really love. Some songs are like not my cup of tea. And I don't know. I like the new music we're getting out of them. I feel like they're going in a good direction. And their new song with Dia Frampton is called High Like This. It's just a really new fun sound and vibe for them. I really like the drop in it. So check out High Like This from Adventure Club. And then lastly, Gigi McGree's new song, Nervous Habits, hit all the right chords with me. Um, It's featuring Joey Fleming, who I believe is a singer of like a pop punk rock band. So if any of you guys saw my recent YouTube video where I talk about how all former emo and scene kids are now ravers, 10 out of 10 recommend. I had so much fun working on that video. I am a former pop punk kid. Actually, not even former. I'm a pop punk kid in heart. Um, So this gave me those vibes. It was like it was a good combination of like vocals with Gigi McGree's vibe. So her song Nervous Habits, definitely check that out. And with that, you guys, we made it to the end of the episode. Thank you all so, so much for listening, for supporting. Screenshot and share this with your audience. Tag at Rave Culture Cast and at Emma Capotis. Uh, rate and review on iTunes. And yeah, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Emma Capotis and at Rave Culture Cast. And don't forget to go subscribe over on YouTube and say what's up. 
Um, oh, yeah. And lastly, join the Facebook group. Would love to see you guys in there. I'm going to plan another family Zoom call. We already did one. That was so much fun. So I would love to meet more of you guys. So join the Facebook group and stay tuned. I will be making another announcement about that very soon. And yeah, don't forget to send in your listener of the week nominations. But with that, uh, I hope you all have an incredible day. Enjoy your weekend, you guys. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I will be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Peace.